where would I be without tapping when all of these things happened? I'd be a mess. You know, crying jags would go on for an hour, two hours. Hearing helicopters would put me in intrusive memories. It just helps me move forward. When there's anything that's an obstacle, it helps me move forward. My name is Tom Porpelia. I live in Webster, New York, on the Great Lake of Ontario. I'm a licensed mental health counselor and I've been in private practice since 1997. I have been tapping since about July of 1998. I play guitar, I was a musician. I got into bands when I was in high school. Love rock and roll, especially classic rock. Went to a two-year college to study electronics because I wanted to know how electric guitars and amplifiers worked. As I studied electronics, I was like, eh, I don't know. This is really difficult. It doesn't fit me. But I didn't know what else I wanted to do, so I just stuck it out. When I graduated from college in 69, I was at risk for being drafted. When there was a draft, there was no choice. You either went in the service, or you went to jail, or you could go to Canada. I didn't want to be a fugitive in Canada. I didn't want to end up in jail. And I just resigned myself to this is the only way out. Lo and behold, ended up in Vietnam in August of 1970 because they had a critical shortage of communications techs in my field. I was not in combat. I rarely had a weapon in my hand. I never shot at anybody. But I was in communications, and some of the communication circuits that I worked on were very high priority, and they were used to call in airstrikes and call in dust-offs and rescue soldiers. But the piece that stuck out was they're calling in airstrikes. My emotional state was pretty much shut down. There were things that were happening that were scary that I really pushed away just so that I could be present and do my job. When I left Vietnam, I think it was 5.30 on a Tuesday night and landed at Travis Air Force Base at 8.30 the same night because we crossed the international dateline, exhausted from a 15-hour flight. They kept us up most of the night processing us, and once that was done, I headed to Oakland Airport. By the time I got home to Buffalo, I was totally exhausted. Fortunately for me, I came home with all my buddies. We went over as a class. We came home as a group. I did not experience what some of them experienced in terms of having eggs thrown at them or being spit on or called baby killers. I didn't experience any of that, but I didn't experience a good welcome home either. I just kind of fell into being normal again. That's what it felt like anyway. There weren't any flashbacks. There weren't any intrusive memories. Nothing major, no indications of problems. Things were pretty normal until that first event. I think it was Christmas of 78. I was watching a made-for-TV movie about a Vietnam vet that went back to find his child. The next thing I know, I'm rolling on the floor sobbing and not knowing what triggered me, why I'm crying or anything like that. The unresolved stuff about Vietnam didn't totally come to the surface until 1990 when the first Gulf War started and I had this guilt by association coming up. I did something basically against my moral compass, and so I felt guilty about it. I was home at my parents' house for Christmas, and everything was okay, and the TV was on, and 
the news came out and they showed these soldiers in tents in the desert with Christmas lights on, and I freaked out. It was all I could do to say to get them to change the channel or turn the TV off. Um, the other thing that I didn't know scared me was the sound of the Huey helicopter. They represented death to me. That was my biggest trigger. Just the sight of one would set me off, and the sound of one would set me off even worse. I was in a group therapy session, and I didn't know that the leader was a combat vet. And I said, I shouldn't be having these problems because I wasn't in combat. And he looked at me and he said, well, as long as you keep denying your feelings and your experience, you're not going to heal. And the light bulb went on. From there on, it was like, okay, whatever I got to do, I got to do. My first thought was, this is post-traumatic stress disorder. But as time went on and I learned more, I was able to identify it more as moral injury. We all have a moral compass. Most of us have been brought up to this concept of, you don't kill somebody. Moral injury happens when a person engages in something, directly or indirectly, that's against their moral upbringing. In my case, being drafted and being forced into the military was a moral injury because I didn't believe in the war. I didn't want to participate in the war. I didn't pull the trigger, but I might as well have, and that's what generated the guilt. I did something wrong. I did go to talk therapy, and did it help? Yes. Did it resolve things? No. Things kept coming up, and I had no way of getting myself back to ground and back to center except talk about it some more and get more agitated and get more upset. I just kept doing the best I could with the therapy processes that I had at the time until I got to EFT in 1998. So tapping means applying physical pressure to some acupuncture points to get your energy moving. Some of them are on your face. Some of them are on your torso, so like the collarbone and under your arms. And then there's some points on your hand, and you tap on these points, and you say these things, and the issue dissolves. I first read about a form of tapping in a magazine article. And then I was at a conference in Salem, Massachusetts, and this man from Colorado, his name was John, said, well, I'll do this little 15-minute breakout session on this tapping process that I do and I'm scratching my head going, what do I do? How do I do this? Where do I apply it? A few months after hearing John, I think this was like August of 97, I was in Jamaica for a winter gathering. We had conference function in the morning and the afternoon. Colleagues would gather together and go do touristy things. I wanted to go snorkeling, never been snorkeling. So I organized a snorkeling party and 10 of our conference attendees were on the boat with us. They put us in some rolling water. I call it rolling water because there were waves, but it wasn't intense waves, but it made it difficult. Every time I got my face in the water, my body would gasp. <laughs> I got tired out. The next thing I know, I'm hearing everybody call my name. They're all on the boat. And the boat is quite a distance away, and I'm tired. I am not a good swimmer. So I put my hand up, say, come and get me. 
So the tour guide swims over to me, does the whole lifeguard rescue thing, gets me back up on the boat. Bam, and I was sobbing. Thank God John and his wife were on the boat. They came over and said, can we tap on you? And my brain's going, you got to ask, please do something. Yes, yes, you can tap on me. So one of them was tapping on my face, one of them was tapping on my hand. They're saying things. I'm so wound up in this emotional stuff, I don't know what they're saying. Within seconds of them starting to tap, this the emotional intensity came down, kind of like leveled out for a moment, and then like a volcano would erupt it again. And they tapped some more, and it came down, and it bounced, it bounced down there, and then stayed down. I've been in crying jags before, intense crying jags like that, and they don't end in five minutes. I'm like, what just happened? It was a life-changing event for sure. I kind of put it on the back burner for a while, and then six months later, I had another healing crisis. And the trouble I was having is like, I need something that I can help self-regulate, that I can help discharge all of this emotion. And I was like, all right, I got to find out more about this stuff. Looked it up on the internet, bought the home training course in 11 VHS tapes and sat in my living room for two weeks and learned how to do EFT tapping. So, yeah, I was really excited when the package came, you know. I didn't know what to expect. It was July. So the weather was nice out. So I sat in my living room on my couch, in front of the TV, pushing these videos in. Going through one beginning to end and then going through another beginning to end. Really, this can happen this fast? That sort of felt like it was magic. So it's a derivative of acupuncture. There's no needles involved. Instead, we tap with our fingers very gently, very lightly on acupuncture points. And most of the time, these points are the endpoints of a meridian. And a meridian is an energy pathway. And the theory is that when we have these emotional disturbances, there is a blockage in the meridian. And so we feel it as some kind of distress. If we don't deal with that emotional stuff, it will come out in our body in some other way. The first thing that we do is identify the issue to the best of our ability and measure the distress level on a scale of 0 to 10, where 10 is like total distress and 0 is nothing. Once we do that, we formulate what's called a setup phrase. And the setup phrase has two purposes. The first purpose is to say, yes, I have this problem, I have this issue, and we name the issue. And then the second part is to say, I accept myself anyway. So EFT, because it can discharge the emotions, frees you up. And it frees you up to thinking, frees you up to seeing things differently. And in many cases, turns the whole incident to a flat painting on the wall. In the early years, it was more like, I'm feeling upset, this is when I'm going to do it. But over the years, it's evolved into a daily practice. Sometimes there's emotional content that I'm working on, and sometimes there's other things that don't have an emotional sting I'm just working on because I know in the background they're having an impact on my life. 
for my daily routine. Typically what I do is I get up at six, I get my coffee and I read the email. And then I'll sit in my recliner and figure out what I need to tap on. Even though I don't like to exercise and I don't want to exercise and you can't make me exercise, I deeply and completely accept myself. Even though I hate exercise and I don't take the time for it and I don't want to take the time for it, I deeply and completely accept myself. Even though I don't like to exercise, I never have, and maybe I never will. I deeply and completely accept myself. I, I don't like to exercise, and it takes up too much of my time. Collarbone. I got more important things to do than exercise. And under the arms. I don't want to exercise, and you can't make me. And then I do my thumb. I'll sit and tap for a while on something, and then I'll do some meditation to kind of let it settle in. And then I'm ready to see clients. The ritual is very important. It keeps me on track. It keeps me focused. And it keeps me doing what I need to do. My body will tell me when I need to go back and tap um, because a lot of the emotions are living in your body. If the energy is not moving, then my body gets upset. And so when I tap, all of that stuff settles down and goes away. If there's some heavy emotional stuff coming up, like there has been recently because uh, over, over the Christmas holiday, there were four significant deaths. So I've had a lot of emotion coming up. Um, I'm glad I got EFT. I'm glad I got a couple of tapping buddies that I can call and say, I need some help here. I need some support. Tapping has helped me with the moral injury because it just starts to take the sting out of it and allow me to be in a place of self-forgiveness. I did what I had to do. I can forgive myself for what was done, what my part in it was, and be at peace. Integrating it into my practice was a no-brainer. It's important for healing personally, professionally, for clients. I wouldn't be able to sit here with veterans and hear their stories and tap with them and tap through them without getting triggered myself. The Veterans Stress Project was one of the first projects I was aware of that was doing research and I was part of that. I was a EFT tapping coach for veterans. We knew it was good, we just didn't know how good it was until we saw the numbers. After six sessions, the average reduction in symptoms was 63%, and that applied to 85% of the veterans. Oh, yeah, the before and after the boat. First thing that comes to mind is just gratitude for John and gratitude for being led to it and experiencing it. Gratitude for, for a tool that I have on a daily basis to heal, which I generously share with people. I don't care where I'm at. It's like sooner or later, the topic of tapping is going to come up. You know, part of my mission became to spread this, to let people know about it. And that's the way it's been since I learned it. It's like, I got to get this out there to the world. The Practices was produced by Radio Wolfgang for Light. For more information, visit lights.app. 
This episode featured Tom Popelia. It was produced by Holly Aquilina, with casting by Cass Denton. It was sound designed by Natalia Rodriguez, and the executive producer was Ellie Di Martino.